That's a new right. way of greeting people. <laughs> That's right. We fucking know. We know. We know. Yeah. I'm on the wrong podcast, I think. I've got to... Yeah. I, I thought ah. I recognized you guys, but... I'm All cops and sluts. That's this our is, radio show. This is the Brocast Wreckers. Oh, no. Uh, hi, and welcome back to the Podcast Wreckers. I'm your host, Adam Aragon, and I'll be here with your other hosts, who will introduce themselves. Do your, do your job. Me hi. first. I'm Joe Kroll, <laughs> a.k.a. Johnny Chaotic. My room is cold. Wow. There you hey, go. Fuck that's you. an update. All right. <laughs> it's like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, my name is uh, Stephen Thomas, and uh, I, for one, am overjoyed that the weather in Joe's room has finally changed. Because mm. yeah, it used I'm, to be I'm, real I'm hot. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now it's going to start. Uh, Joe, what's the weather report from your room today? Ah! Okay. <laughs> so oh. It, was, it was cold a second ago. You're full well, of lies. Yeah. Uh, my, my name is Cuck. Uh, you can call me no, Matt Lock, no, though. No, no, no. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a cuck. Um, Matt Lock, <laughs> I just, you know, what's really, what's strange it, it is like. It works a little too well. I don't know why. Like, mm. my girlfriend's faithful to me, but, like, as I walk down the street, people will just start fucking in front of me and going, like, don't you wish this was you? Well, you, you like, could be like, I would date you, but I'm I'm, I'm cheating on you. If, if I were dating you, you would be a cuck right now. And well, well like, you could be an aspiring, you could be an aspiring cuck. Like my girlfriend won't fuck other dudes in front of me, but I want her to. I like, keep trying. Yeah. I push her to every day. I keep installing Tinder on her phone. <laughs> this guy's cute. Swipe right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do my homework. I wouldn't mind watching him fuck you. Yeah. Um, imagine him on top of you. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, no, the cuck who takes it way too far. I love you. I love you. Honey, you, you don't know what you're saying right now. So, if you really yeah, I mean, you always, you always hear about you always hear about successful cucks. You never hear about the guy who really wants his wife to get railed mm -hmm. and she's like, No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> well, because it goes against like it's like if you if you were a, a, a sadist. It's like that scene in Little Shop with Steve Martin, Bill, Bill Murray. You know, Steve Martin's the sadist dentist, and then Bill Murray comes in, and he's a totally willing uh, submissive to the point where there's no yeah. enjoyment to be gotten out of it because he's yeah, enjoying it. A sadist it so much. and a masochist collide. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hurt me. Like, Did you no, uh, hear about the uh, recent little controversy around that? Uh, what was it? I think her name is. Miriam Margolis, uh, actress that was in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, recently published a autobiography, memoirs kind of a thing, uh, in which she said, uh, yeah, you know, Steve Martin is great, but I didn't really love getting like hit and punched and doors slammed in my face. And I'd go home with a headache almost every night. And like, you know, he just wasn't very like nice or apologetic or anything about it. And it was a, yeah, kind of a thing. And then Steve Martin he, actually... He was method. Right, that's actually <laughs> what she said. She said, I don't know if he was just being method because the character is like really violent and everything. Mm -hmm. And then Steve Martin came out with a, a retort to it a couple of days ago and said, like, I, I have to say something. I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. I, I've never been anything but professional. I've always mm -hmm. checked in with everybody that I've ever worked with in these types of scenes. Like, mm -hmm. I, I 
do not recall any of this at all. And like, I think the director was coming to his defense as well. So it's crazy. Yeah, like, uh, yeah unearthing maybe... drama from 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. May- maybe it was just something to make a more interesting book, right? Like, because if it's the person from Little Shop of Horrors, whom the biggest fan of Little Shop of Horrors doesn't even recognize her, <laughs> then yes, they're probably going to need some extra ammo to make that book interesting and buy-worthy. Well, yes. she also uh, played a pretty memorable part in uh, the Harry Potter uh, franchise. She was the Oh, was she, teacher... was she Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. That was her. Yeah. Yes. She's, <laughs> she, the she's the master of disguise. She is the actress the... of many faces. The plant teacher. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you mean. Biblical. Uh, 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 no, sure. no, no. Uh, Flitwick? Yeah, no. Something on Rumble's one of those. Yeah, one of those. That sounds I, right. Yeah. I know her yeah. most from Ed and His Dead Mother with Steve Buscemi, which was an early Steve Buscemi film where his mother was a cannibal zombie and she was the cannibal zombie. I cannot, he, for the life of yeah. me, remember. I know, I know that she is in it somewhere, but I can't place where in Little Shop she is. Because I know her face, I know the actress. I just watched. Is she one of the, is she one of the, the doo-wop singers? There's not a lot no. of side characters. No, look up Apparently she's Barcola. one of the nurses. Is... Oh, yes, she's the nurse he punches <sighs> in the face. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, she's his nurse assistant in it. That's the whole yeah. thing. Is she's I mean, like, he actually punched me in the face, and he's like, no, I fucking didn't. And <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's it just crazy. Like, like all the. The, the running theme of Hollywood like um, scandal is things from 20 years ago or more. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. Danny oh. Masterson, you know, yeah, like, right. everything else. It's just like, yes. you know, there's, there's, it doesn't matter. Like, there is no such thing as, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it when things oh, expire? Oh, right. Statue uh, of limitations. Fact, yeah. yeah. But, and yeah. Hashtag, hashtag punch me too. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I mean, in which case, I think that's the, I mean, the thing to do is go like, it was 20 years ago. I'm really sorry. I was younger. I was stupid. I, I don't even remember it. But if I did that, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last, last podcast, but yeah, like Jim, that's Jimmy That's how Fallon, you get out of a rape allegation right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like Jimmy Fallon has need a little this, crow. I don't know if I did that or not, but I'm sorry. No, no, but I mean, at least, at least, like, go, go like, I, if if you don't remember it, say, I honestly don't remember it, but it could have happened, and if that is the case, like, I'm absolutely sorry, you know, I was younger, oh, it was yeah. twenty years ago, but like, well, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon's got the whole toxic workplace thing right now, right? That's right. And, yeah. And my thought is like, if he just came out the day after that Rolling Stone article came out and said, "Hey, I recognize that I'm responsible for for some of these behaviors." I totally admit I've had bad days at work. I've taken it out on everybody and I'm going to work from here on out to make sure that everybody who's having, you know, suicidal thoughts because they don't like working for my show, but it's one of the best shows they'll ever get to work on in their life. So they can't exactly leave it. You know, I'll try and make it. That's the worst thing you could possibly say. No, no, but I'm just bringing up like the they could ever be on. Well, some people are are escaping into dressing rooms and crying because they know that like this is the best show that they could. They they could. Most people they've reached they've reached the big time, right? Right, but so they can't leave because that would be stupid with, with such a great opportunity. But they're they're wanting to kill themselves because it's just so toxic. If if he'd come out the next day and said, "I'm going to work on myself." I'm going to dedicate myself to making sure these things aren't an issue. And I, admit so I, to it I, I, and only, I apologize. I only, gl- I only glimpsed this, but isn't that what he did? Does it, I hadn't heard of him, him uh, responding yet. So, so the, I, I, I just very briefly read that he had responded and said like, 
I will make this better, basically. Okay. Well, good. I hadn't heard that yet. So all I'd heard was the allegations. I could be wrong. Man. I hadn't well, heard about the first point, thing, but... My point was, I, like, yeah. come out immediately and admit it. Disinterest. To wrap up my point, come out of the gate, admit it, apologize, say you're going to do the work. And then yep. everybody can be like, okay, well, we'll keep an eye on you. Thank you for admitting it. But you have publicists and lawyers in your ears telling you, like, don't admit to anything. Don't say more than right. you have to. Right. Um, wait to respond until we see, like, all yeah. the all Damage the control. Damage control. Right. But if you wait too long, then it's like, even, even if you respond three days later, it still seems like you were really sitting on your words and trying to, like tone yourself yeah. down like mila kunis and uh ashton i was kutcher. just gonna say watching mila kunis and ashton kutcher doing backflips every time they say a sentence and then they're like wait nope we didn't mean that and right. like, they can't they just can't talk anymore they're just like, they're fucked mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but so by the way i'm looking at the report here and it says the after the magazine published its report thursday fallon apologized to staffers in an all-hands zoom call that same day oh good well there you go that's good. Now it's just a matter of like keeping Something. your word if he's apologizing. It's embarrassing and I feel so bad. Sorry if I embarrassed you and your family and friends. I feel so bad I can't even tell you. And he reportedly admitted to doing embarrassing things in the past but never intended to create that type of atmosphere, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. hmm. So it's like too much well, of a boys, no, boys club atmosphere or something? <laughs> Eat or? his heart. I think um, it was more like if he was having a bad day, he'd take it out yeah, on the staff and it, stuff. So it was kind of like an Ellen DeGeneres thing where he just exactly. would have toxic, messed up days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Good old Jimmy Fallon, huh? I always knew it. <laughs> I always knew he was a piece of shit. I, you know, you know I was actually kind of surprised, staff, right? That if he if he hadn't gone to them in a private Zoom call, if he had gone public and apologized, so that we could all see it, then we wouldn't judge yeah. him. See, he should have done that. Screw the people I mean, that he It's hates. reported. He needs to He's... report it to us. The, the viewing audience. <laughs> he has to crucify himself on the court of public opinion. Sorry, nay, on the crucifix <laughs> of public opinion. Who <laughs> talks? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. He's. 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 He's not that funny. You I know. know. Yeah, it's, it's like of all the people to get really worked like up him. about, it's like I did not want to get jazzed or disappointed with Jimmy Fallon today. Yeah, like with Ellen DeGeneres, I was like, well, at least I can respect her body of work. She's fucking mm -hmm. a solid comedian, you know. But like, you know, yeah, with Jimmy but, Fallon, I was always just like, well, he's a fucking he's, greeting card. Why he, do I give he's, a fam shit? he's famous for laughing at himself and not being that good. Remember? <laughs> that was I, his whole thing in SNL yeah. when he was first there. It was just like, oh Christ, like here, let me see how long like it's going to take for this guy end. to laugh his own fucking joke. Yeah. Which, like, a lot of people found endearing and adorable, and it always just fucking pissed me off. Like, well, it's Did one of those things. About... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, just SNL has always had that element of like, oh, it's live, and like they crack each other up sometimes, and sometimes that's the best part. But right. it's yeah. like when you do that every single joke then yes. it loses oh, its efficacy. I, I love the scenes where they're exactly like the very, very obviously like doing it to them. Yeah, like trying to mess with Daring them to fucking laugh. Yeah. With him, he's laughing at his own joke most of the time yeah. as opposed to somebody's making him laugh. He's like, this is so ridiculous what I'm about to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it took happened. me years. It took me years One to time. like him. Yeah. And and Sorry. I finally saw his, his musical parodies where he'd like do Jim Morrison or something. And I was like, oh, he is talented. Like he can do some stuff well. And then as a, yeah. a late night talk show host, I was like, well, I guess it's the, the format where you can laugh at your own jokes and you can always be smiling and it's not going to ruin everything. 
So right. I like slowly grew to accept him, even though I had yeah. to. It was I, a better, I, I it was a better fit, probably. It. The beginning of the end of SNL was when he came on. <laughs> like that's where I stopped watching, and I just couldn't. And so yeah. Did you guys hear about the? Uh, I think it's like a battle on Twitter. Argue, people arguing whether or not Martin Short was funny. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I did see that. And, like, uh, I love him, yeah. but yeah, I have to say, there's there's something to be said for that. But that's maybe what's funny about him is that he's not funny. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's sort, know, that's sort of his thing, shit. right? Yeah. The not funny, funny. Yeah, he's like, good at being not funny. Yeah, he's yeah. hilarious. I, you know what? I think he. I fuck. I think he's amazing. I think if you look at him in I think Steven was going to say, I'd fuck him. Just saying. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that almost came out of his mouth. If you watch him in interviews, he is the best person for interviews you'll ever you'll ever see. He's on oh, yeah. fire for interviews. Mm-hmm. It's actually his best work is when he gets interviewed. That and fucking Jiminy Glick. I mean, Jiminy oh, yeah. Glick is just inspired fucking satire. It's so, so good. Uh, his movies... Yeah, his movies. There are times when you're just like, Clifford? okay, Clifford, you're being, <laughs> or yeah, you're. It's like, okay, you're yeah, being. Charles a Grodin was in that. We don't count those. Okay, well, exactly. Fuck. I, 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 I need a, I need a genuine review Grodin. of Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> oh, because I I have not seen it, and it's got Steve Martin and it's got Martin Short, right? Like, right. I was. Uh, does anybody else want to go first? I liked their two man show. Uh, I'll say I saw that. some of that. Yeah, that was good. And, and they were good going off of each other. It's I, I swear to God, what the kid, the kid who started that whole rumor about Martin Short not being funny, I think he must be going just by his movies because some of his movies are total fucking dog shit. But yeah, yeah. the man himself, if you fucking get him on a stage and talk to him for five minutes, like nobody improvs better than he's, and he's like, he's, it's a sharp, mean fucking wit. You can tell he destroys other comedians like behind closed doors. He doesn't enough to Steve Martin on stage, mm-hmm. but like, it's just searing. Like he just, he just levels people. Jimmy Fallon, he fucks with him all the time. It's fucking awesome. And, and it's stuff that you want to say to Jimmy Fallon. It's yeah. great. <laughs> you know, he'll just be like, well, Jimmy, you fucking, uh, like just, I don't know. Yeah. I saw it. He's like, yeah, you know, it's hard to sell out as well as you have and still look yeah. this good. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's very quick. Um, I haven't watched the new season with Meryl Streep, but uh, I watched the first two seasons of Only Murders in the Building, and I was pleasantly surprised because I had I had gone in thinking, well, Steve Martin's not only pretty much like checked out for the past and, twenty years, and, and on yeah. and, and probably over eighty, but yeah, yeah, but he, the, he also like he said he doesn't want to act anymore, and like it probably after the show he's he's done, and uh, but. I was surprised because he he's playing a straight character, which I don't necessarily usually like Steve Martin playing like a, a pretty the straight man. But he definitely has like some great moments. He does well as his character. Like it's it's good. Like if you like Steve Martin, it's probably one of the best things he's done in the past 10, 20 years. Um, since before Pink Panther, I would say I haven't really seen him do anything that's good. So what's uh, how's, how's Martin Short in it? That's the question. Oh, he's great. Yeah, they're both great, and they obviously have that chemistry from doing their live show and stuff. So and they yeah. both produce it. I'm sure they have a hand in the writing, the jokes, and some of the humor. Like it's 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 a smart show. It's well crafted, and they both do a great job. It's fun. I wouldn't say it's like ten out of ten great. I would say on a scale of one to ten, I'd rate it like a seven and a half and eight. Because just it doesn't, it's it's maybe like for an older generation a little bit too, just some of their humor because that's their their age range. But um, 
but yeah. it's not it's not like a show for old people. It's just like some of <laughs> the humor is not a lot of Jerry Lewis and Catskill and references. And... Yeah, it's, <laughs> not oh, that, it's not that bad. Um, I spent uh, four days with my parents, and uh, are you okay? You know how uh, you know. Actually, my mom saw the tile for that on Netflix, and I was like, mm-hmm. "I heard that's pretty good." And she's like, "That looks great." <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think yeah, the target audience is being hit, but it's great because <laughs> target uh, audience Stephen's mom. The algorithm for their Netflix was just all ancient shit because they're like they've been watching just like old uh, Columbo. No, no, my <laughs> I dad watched Columbo recently. Bojack. My dad watches Gunsmoke. Every night. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. How do you find Gunsmoke? <laughs> right. Uh, so he watches Gunsmoke uh, often. And, what like a uh, laser disc? Like <laughs> uh, no, 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 there's channels dedicated to that shit. Um, <laughs> and and so. Anyway, like, and, and he'll watch other, they'll watch old Western movies and stuff on um, Netflix. So I turn it on and it, all these suggestions are from like, yeah, 30, 40 years ago or more. And then miraculously, I happen upon Dragnet from 1987 with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to watch uh, that movie. The, the movie kid. or... Yeah, yeah Dragnet yeah, yeah. the movie. And uh, well, Tom Hanks wasn't in the 1960s television show Dragnet. He I was think he not. was. I watched a lot of Nick at Night. And so, like, a lot of like the, the, the period time of shows, like, I just assumed that Get Smart and Leave It to Beaver were like a few years away from like Double Dare and Salute My Shorts. Oh, like, you were stupid. <laughs> you were a stupid kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm so still a stupid. Right. Yeah. I'm a stupid man now. Yeah. Black and white. Bit of a cable television time warp going on there. Um, But actually, I was just thinking about Nick at Night the other day, and I was like, man, like, I mean, is that same venue there for people now, like, to see shows from our era or from the 50s or, you know, like, is is anyone bothering? It's It's so buried with all the new content. Like, when we were kids and Nick at Night was a thing, there was maybe, you know, 20 channels to choose from. And so if the best thing on was Mr. Ed, you'd watch Mr. Ed, even though he's 40 years old. Yeah. My parents uh, uh, watched, like, there's a whole slew of channels that are dedicated to old TV now. And so that's, mm -hmm. like, what they're dialed into. Retro TV, yesterday's TV. When we're their age, what'll that look like, do you think? When we I was driving up on the... Hulu, AR, glasses. Yes. (laughs) I was driving up on the 5 on the way back up, and I was like, oh, let's try the radio fucking station was like playing all the hits you remember from when you were a kid from the 90s the 2000s and i was like from the 90s the 2000s kill me yeah here's that old classic rock nirvana i used to listen to the oldies like the oldies station was my favorite when i was a kid i'd listen to the oldies station all the time and those so if that was the 80s and those songs were from the 50s and 60s it makes I sense. I mean, that's the 2000s to us today, right? So yep. the 90s. Yeah, for sure. I saw this video that was it was inconclusive, but it was kind of asking the question, which is that every decade for a long time has had a very distinct look and feel and has changed mm-hmm. dramatically. Mm-hmm. So if Except you took someone from after, t- 20, after 20, 2005, yeah, exactly, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it's so if you take if you take anyone from a sitcom or a show in 1970 or 1980 or 1990 um, and swap them, they look like out of place. They look like mm-hmm. they're from another planet. Mm-hmm. But from 2005 forward, 
you can pretty much take any decade and mix them and it's like it, that could have been filmed yep. last year yep like the like they stopped evolving or stop being like dramatic shifts i don't know it's just the fashion hasn't changed too much like there hasn't been any like bell bottoms right <laughs> like bell bottoms very very bold statement in fashion right and everybody <laughs> was a, it was a gimmick everybody had them for a while and then they were ruled obsolete and people have tried to bring them back and maybe in some fashions they still exist but nothing's as like prominent as a popped collar or bell bottoms popping into regular fashion like if you looked at us today what we're wearing and we're not the most fashionable gentlemen, but still, it's like hey, no, 20 years ago, we could have worn the same thing. All day. And probably speak, not. Speak for yourself. Joe's yeah. wearing an Armani wife beater. Yeah, that's true. And nothing else. Nope. It's yep. really weird to have like a wife beater, but nothing under. It's, it's really like, long, though. Uh, it cuts off of the navel, and then it's yeah, just it's all franks wow. and beans. Yeah. You got kind of the man in the cell, man in the yeah. forgotten cell at the end of the hall look yep. going on. <laughs> They stopped feeding me, but they didn't know where the cockroaches come in. <laughs> yes, uh, a good look going on. Has anybody checked out? Has anybody seen the Righteous Gemstones yet with John I've Goodman? I've heard and so Danny much McBride? about it. Everyone says it's amazing, and like sometimes when stuff is pumped up so much, I kind of yeah. like, eh, I don't know. I avoided like, but, it, but I avoided I'm interested. For years, I avoided it and had people, you know, saying like, "Oh, it's so great," and it. And the reason I avoided it was not only was my dad's health bad, but he's living in Missouri, in the South. He's a Jehovah's Witness. And like a lot of the people on that show not only speak like they're, I mean, they are from the South and it's supposed to be a mega church family. Um, so, but when they pray. Oh, I, like, I didn't realize that. Are they yeah, supposed to be, oh, like from a, like a. It, what do you call modern it? Day, modern like, day, like an evangelical church. church. Yeah. Okay. They have this loosely big, based all on the money uh, goes into Joel Austin or something, or or um, uh, Tammy Faye Baker and stuff. But it's <laughs> modern day, um, okay. and so a lot of times when they pray and when they say things like that are religious, it it's kind of a trigger for me because the religion got in the way of me and my dad connecting, and uh, it's I kind of have some resentments. It caused a lot of problems in my life once the religion came in in my teens and my dad and mom argued all the time about religion and my dad would drag me to the kingdom hall and like there's all this resentment so every time i'd see a trailer for the show i'd be like oh i love those people i love john goodman but it's like a trigger like i don't know if i want to hear yeah. people praying in southern accents you know so <laughs> so i finally sat and watched it yeah. and um it's it's solid like it's kind of like succession if you've watched that uh but with a comedic angle, more more comedic, heavily comedic angle, and it's a religious family, but they're all idiots. They all do stupid things. They all get caught, you know, doing awful things. And uh, but it's also kind of like Schitt's Creek, where these characters you you like hate almost, like they they all are reprehensible in one way or another. But then you start to empathize as the show goes on. You see them make little choices that that are out of character for them, and so it's like like normally you would just be like oh, this is funny because they're all idiots and they are, and it never stops being that, but sometimes you sort of go, oh, there's some growth or, oh, they learned something. Or, um, yeah. you know, oh, this is the angle that, that someone in that situation would approach it from and it makes sense to them. And therefore I, I understand their motivation. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. funny too. And John Goodman is just, he's always great. They do some de-aging on him for an episode mm. where he, he looks like young skinny John Goodman. Like they did a great job de-aging him for a full wow. episode. And, 
and I don't know how they did it. There was a wig, obviously. I don't know how much was computer, but like watching it, you're like, wow, it's like seeing, like, it's almost amazing to think that you could see some of your favorite actors who are old now just act like. Oh, oh speaking, speaking of like so, solid then. de-aging, um, it took me a Indiana long time Jones. to. No, sorry. I, yeah, actually, I was going to say Indiana Jones. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't watched it um, until two weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I put it off and, you know, I was like, eh. I don't know if I need to see them trot out Harrison right. Ford and <laughs> we all yeah. what did you think? Had did you, you watched um, you watched I, the Crystal Skull? I have, yeah. Um yeah, and I, I watched that and, 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 I, and I regret it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty um, you mean um, the best Indiana Jones movie? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what yeah, I mean. Like, like that, one was, that one was sort of like a, a, a turd in the punch bowl. And so mm-hmm. I kind of thought, like, well, if this is just another one of those, oh, well. Um, I will say it, it was it was better. It was better than Crystal Skull. Yeah, right. Really? Um, I wasn't saying anything. Okay. But, um, um, yeah, which a low bar. But I, yeah. I was going to say, it's probably some of the most impressive damn de-aging I've seen. Like, it's mm. not perfect. It's never perfect. But, like, damn like well, there was you're that spending 300 million dollars on de-aging for a movie yeah exactly what's the best de-aging you've seen i just want to uh, co- comment Jeff real bridges quick on... in uh tron was actually <laughs> <Okay>. the worst, <laughs> worst oh god that was terrifying oh, yeah, yeah he, was, he yeah. was the uncanny valley in that movie he um, turned around that one shot and it was just like <laughs> wrong. Well, yeah. that, that i think actually, i was with you guys when we watched oh, it in yeah, adam's yeah. garage and we all went oh <laughs> so fucking funny well that's not fair because jeff bridges used to be made out of plastic <laughs> Right. Um, right. So right. they nailed so, it, actually. Yeah. Far be it for me to judge. <laughs> Sorry. The last picture show. He's, he's just that like, he's and a, uh, a Arnold Schwarzenegger in, um, I think the, it was Terminator Genesis. Apocalypse. Or, I think it was Genesis. Oh, Genesis, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he comes out of the Terminator making machine and it's right. just like a rubber Arnold. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they got was some a, other uh, bodybuilder and then put his face on him or something. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was uh, brutal. That's, that's where they had, like, they, they'd got uh, Eddie Furlong's face, like for three and a half seconds during that movie. <laughs> like, it was all CG. Like, I, apparently they didn't cast him or didn't bring him in mm-hmm. because... That was like, the newest try- one where they killed him off at the beginning, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So if you're trying to... Um, but if you're trying to de-age Eddie Furlong, bringing him in at his current age doesn't really help. <laughs> right, well, I, I, mean, I would think than, they I... just put his face on a kid's uh, face. Like, they yeah. they do... Well, they uh, took... So they, they, they instead of, like, actually having him on and motion-capturing him or anything like that, they just... Right. Like cut a bunch of corners, and they like, just took. You have to shave shots. off the sides of yeah. his face so that <laughs> they, his they, old yeah, face they just took shots of him from T two and like kind yeah, of plastered exactly. it on a face. Now, I want to say, Dial of Destiny, the de aging was good, except for, and this is the case with most of these movies where they de age an old actor. When you see they've put the the face on the physical body of the old actor, so like in Indiana Jones, there's a scene after the whole train thing. He's just walking away from the camera and you see his body moving like an old stiff man's body as he's walking. (laughs) And then even, even better than that, uh, if anyone saw the Irishman, the Martin Scorsese Netflix film. I heard that was well done, the uh, de-aging. It was well done, but again, there's a scene where Robert De Niro as a young man is kicking the shit out of another guy. And the way that he moves, I don't know. Let me see if I can pick this up on camera. It's like, it's like, to act this up. Up like 
Oh, my hip. Ah. Yeah. Where the other guy's like, what are you, what are you, why are you, why are you play fighting me? Do you need help? Do you need help beating me up? You're play beating me. I don't want to be play beating. so stiff. It's like watching grandpa, like, go to town on a Well, that's a good point. Like, if they're going to DH, if they're going to DH someone, should they have them act out the scene? No. Take, take their, no, no, take their, take, take their face and then have a body double act out the scene. Exactly. And then put their face on that. That's the way to do it. But then, I mean, I'm sure that that gets into the territory of the whole AI, like the whole labor strike right now about AI. If you can just use someone's face on someone else's body, why do you even need the actor for anything so you know maybe voice lines or something but still uh, to be able to use their like that's where i think it gets into a gray territory where it's like well you still need the actor present on set playing himself um but yeah anyways de-aging is uh is fucked up we shouldn't do it <laughs> stop it stop it hollywood and that's my platform yeah well is I, that I maybe, was... uh, uh the with uh what's her name from uh from House of Cards, uh, Robin Wright. What was that movie? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, being Robin Wright or whatever, or something like no, that. No, it's not being Robin, Robin Wright. It's like the the Council, I believe it's called the Council. But the whole movie is about how she sells her image to Hollywood so that she can basically retire. They're like, okay, well, when you retire, uh, the Congress, yeah. the Congress, that's what it means. And oh. so she basically sells her her likeness to the movie industry, what, what, like so add, add infinitum, and so that she can just be. Like 20 uh, years later, she's like the biggest star in Hollywood, but she's not able to collect royalties, I think. And it's all yeah, just a matter she, she's of she's not, a, she's not, I don't think she's even like allowed to make public events or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah they're like that, that movie gets very surreal, so it's kind of hard to pin down, but it's actually pretty cool. Like, and, and it's trippy as hell. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, like a decent argument against AI. That... Yeah, Sounds well, like it's, it's, I think it was based on a sci-fi novel from the 70s or something, so the premise was, like, there for years, but it's it's now nice. relevant if if you watch that movie. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what these strikes are like. Well, the tech hasn't quite been there until now it's finally there, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. <laughs> now we can actually scan people and, and sample their voice, and maybe not two years from now, maybe not five years from now, but ten years from now, probably mm-hmm. turn that into a convincing performance. And have twenty-five-year-old Robert De Niro shooting up Darth Vader. Mm. <laughs> what yeah. movie is that? <laughs> Just so I never have to leave home again. <laughs> I don't know if uh, anybody's Rangers heard of about. The Lost Wars. <laughs> Has anybody heard about? Um, I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up. But the creator of the Fables comic books, uh, which is like uh, there, the the world is like a noir. Uh, noir film, but everybody's from a, 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 a fairy, fairy tale, tale, basically. Yeah. So, like, the main character is a detective, but he's the big bad wolf. And so he oh, turns yeah. into a wolf, or he just is a regular human. It's like a werewolf. And then Robin Hood and Snow White and all these fairy tale characters are having, like, noir-ish problems, and there's murder and crime and stuff. Anyways, mm. uh, this this comic book mm, series I has been say. out for 20 mm. years. He just made it, uh, he just made it Public domain. Public domain. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, because he DC, I guess, owned. Is it DC? Uh, or yeah, it was DC, DC and... owned the rights to like make properties based off of it, but they weren't paying him uh, what he was owed for his creation. So like the Telltale made the game series a few years ago, and he didn't collect any royalties or whatever. So he basically was like, 
all right, I'm just going to make it public domain. So like they can still yeah. make stuff. It, it, was, it, was, kind of a, it was kind of a big it, middle but... finger to the publishing. Yeah. And he was like, I think everybody who has an IP should do this where it's like for 20 years, you hold on to the IP. And then if somebody else wants to take it over after you're done with it for the next 10 years, that's fine. But after that, everything should go into the public domain. And he's trying to set a standard so yeah. that, you know, and he can still collect royalties off the stuff that DC makes after it's uh, public domain. But everybody else in the world has the right to make whatever content they want based on his his universe that he created. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I've been, wanting, I've, I've been wanting to make a hard noir Pinocchio. And now you can. And yeah. you can call it from the Fable universe, which is now open IP. Yeah, it's like, well, let's just say it's not his nose that grows when he lies. Mm. Well, you could do that. You could, you could say, <laughs> I mean, you it's could literally eyes. say, his <laughs> eyes grow. Like, but they hurt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I've ne I had never seen that person. Just <laughs> eyeballs popping out. That's, that, that is good news. I was working on this whole Humpty Dumpty paid $40 to sit on a horror thing. And so <laughs> now that I know I can run with it. You could do it. Yeah. You could say that DC produced it. It's, All it's the king's horses couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. What were the horses supposed to do? They don't have fingers. They're not they don't have fingers. They're not medically trained. All the king's men couldn't do it, but the horses ain't putting it together either. <laughs> they just included them. They're like, you know what? Like 20, 20, 40 men and even their horses gave this a shot. They yeah. broke Humpty Dumpty. And I mean, they broke him. Have you ever seen a horse yeah. with glue? When he hit the ground, he was fine. It was the soldiers and the horses that broke the man. Yeah. yeah. He was just, he just had a little crack down the middle and then they tried yeah. to fix him and oh. yeah. Yeah, into somebody a... was like, Hey, did you hear he was hard boiled? Yeah. You ever tried that? You ever tried that? It feels, <laughs> it feels real. It feels real. I heard it was a great fall. I heard it was a great fall. Great oh, fall. Yeah. I, w I want a, I want a dark sex laced, you know, DC universe <laughs> Humpty Dumpty now. That's that's my new goal. Yeah. What 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 Humpty, other fairy, what, what other fairy tales Dumpty. would benefit from what He's other a Humpty? gross Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, there you go. Call me say, Dumpty it's, Humpty. It's, it's got to be like Quentin Tarantino meets Robert Rodriguez, like making fairy tale movies. Mm. <clears throat> I just I just watched the whole John Wick series back to back. I stabbed three mailmen today. <laughs> I stabbed and I, a lot. I just like, was taking pencils and was stabbing all around me. Whoever came by, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I killed two people at the grocery store. My my, take, my takeaway is that, like, at least for me, I'm sure had I seen them in the time frame that they came out. Yeah, like a year each, or two apart. Yeah, yeah, with a year or two in between each time, it would have been like going to the ballet, but with bullets, you know? And it's like, <laughs> wow, the choreography, oh, it's beautiful and everything. But watching them back to back and being sensitive to, like, not just violence, but, like, extreme violence and extreme, you know just torture porn kind of stuff like i can't watch that movie sure. like watching the first one it's like oh i'm good and then you watch the second one it's like twice as many deaths and they're all like twice as gratuitous and twice as fast it's like impressive but you're literally just watching bodies fall every five seconds throughout the movie and right. it gets it gets to the point like i i looked at my face in in my phone reflection just to see i was like my face is doing a weird thing what's it doing and it was this it was like <laughs> 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 uh, 
because it's like <laughs> even when it's just two seconds on screen, like someone getting a pencil in their ear and their temple and then the back of their neck or something, you're like, uh, uh, like I, well, just, you watch uh, you watch like twelve uh, straight hours of that yeah. too, which is like, well, right. I was yeah. like, I'll just watch them all. I want to watch the fourth one. And I, I I mean, I'm either going to be desensitized so. or ultra sensitized. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I feel like that would have been the sensitize the shit out of myself right now. <laughs> Like it was, it, now I see like, a pencil and I vomit. <laughs> it feels like it was written for with fourteen year old boys in mind, you know? Like oh, yeah. not, not just yeah. in that it's immature, it's actually well written, it's well choreographed, it's well like shot, and the sets are amazing. Everything's really quality about it, but it does have that like ultra cool style, like what you think Bro. is cool when you're a teenager. Yep. And it's and it just feels like a little immature. But it's well done, so I can't say like, "Oh, this is just you know, this is." Bro, some we're having little John Wick bar stuff. crawl. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, are you, bro? Bro, <laughs> bro. bro, it's a little broy. But I assume that most bros are like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Look how he killed." There's him. a guy, you know. I know a guy that uses it uh, as his profile picture. It's <laughs> like I always want to say like, "What's up, John Wick?" <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I want to use John Wick's puppy as my profile picture. See if anybody gets it. It's, you know, that shit. And like Born Identity was kind of a predecessor to that, where mm-hmm. you got the ultra violence and, and the novelty of the ability that he's like a perfect human weapon and can use whatever's in his environment to quickly okay. kill somebody within three seconds or is hold up of somebody's. Is it know? just me? Is it just me though? Because like I feel like born like born identity. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really good. It was just the kind of action movie I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, every I fucking se- every sequel. The other three movies, I was like, eh, just didn't yeah, didn't well, do it for me at all. Making money. John, John the ultimate Lincoln. is Jack Reacher. I can't, Have you ever I seen anything of that? There's only no. two of those. There's only two of those, right? There's What's a there show the, though. What was and the like, oh, oh, show oh, now yeah. with uh, the guy Cruise, from right? the office? Was like Tom Cruise uh, in the movie? No, you're thinking yeah, of no. you're, you're thinking of the. Um, uh, I thought Tom, Tom Clancy. Cruise. Tom Cruise was the original in the first Jack Reacher movie. It was Tom Cruise, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah. then there's like a show, and like as far as like if I'm 14 year old boy, uh-huh. I want to be Jack Reacher. He's right. the ultimate because he's yeah. the guy that walks up to a. A, a, like a girl getting talked to by a guy and he's got all the right things like like some cops chasing someone or whatever does he knows what to do like he's the epitome of that so like, always I, make that face when he does yeah, it he does. Pretty... <laughs> uh, my, my so friend... steven's talking about john krasinski and jack ryan which is the oh. i apologize oh. for that. yeah how could you how get those you? confused such a good Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, they're nothing alike. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Both Jack... produced by Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Jack Reacher, that's the Tom Cruise one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, my friend's mom has read the Jack Reacher books, and she's like a big fan of his. But apparently, I, actually, books, I actually picked those up. I haven't read them yet, though. In the books, he's described as being like six foot six or something. He's like he is in the well, show, like a huge hulking yeah. dude, yeah. Right. But then Tom Cruise... And then Tom Cruise. Oh, they they used some movie magic. Yeah. Oh, did they? They used some cardboard boxes. 
two, two apple crates. <laughs> yeah. Well, I see the thing is, is I had no context from the book. So when I watched Tom, Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher, I was like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Like oh, just he's totally, a little guy. No, that's cool. Yeah. He's a little guy. <laughs> yeah, you know no, what it, it, is. Just, it just didn't occur to me that I was disappointing anything. Like I just <laughs> didn't have an expectation, but then I, then I read about what he was supposed to look like and then how he looks in the show. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a lot more what it's supposed yeah. to be. Well, the casting for Jack Reacher, all they had to do was have a little sign out like they have in front of a roller coaster. And it's just, you if have to you, be yeah, this under tall. this height. Oh, right. Yeah. And you, you'll have a chance. And but Tom if Cruise if was the only over, one. If you're over five foot four, you're out of the fucking movie. Nobody else qualified. <laughs> they all were right. above the line, but Tom Cruise yeah. walked right under that Just hand. a bunch of right yoked, under the finger. badass like looking much clearance dudes that are like all four foot eight, four foot nine at best, <laughs> but just ripped and just yeah. rugged, you know, yeah. but like so adorable. Yeah. Well, so I, I, Alan Alan Richardson, I think, is the guy who plays him now in the show. Now I want to um, see Alan Rickman play him. Alan <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone do Alan Rickman um, as uh, well, Jack Jack Reacher? Jack well, Ryan, I, I, Jack I, I didn't. I I only recognized Alan Rich. Sorry, Alan Richardson um, from uh, Smallville as Rickman. Aquaman. He was, he was Aquaman <laughs> in the Smallville show. Oh, and, uh, I don't yeah. care. Which which no one uh, else has seen or cares about. Uh, <laughs> well, those are those are facts. But yeah, I he's like it. what every eleven year old boy wants to be. That's like um, the yeah. the hardcoreness that like. Uh, so wait, are you are action, you implying man. that it's like what uh, Jones was to us when we were kids? Like right, somebody but, who go around kicking ass and they they're smart too. They're I know, like but the Joe, ultimate, Joe, the ultimate man. But Joe what seems is, to win. I, I get that, but Joe does seem to be implying an added nuance in that Mr. Reacher also has like additional sway with the ladies. Because, uh, mm. you know, what, what is it? Indiana Jones uh, had sway with the ladies. John Wick is like a, a sorrowful widow, yeah. right? He's just shut down. He's, he's not trying to get laid, yeah. Right. Jason Bourne is just like, I'm schizophrenic. I don't have time for that shit. Or he had like some. <laughs> yeah, he had like a bit of a love yeah, interest. That's interesting. But, I don't, yeah, I think but, there but are, it was there one consistently. I, right. I think I don't think anyone directly flirts with him in, in all four of the John Wick movies. Like there's but women what's up with Jack Reacher. Jack, Jack, Reacher, Jack, just... Reacher's, Jack Reacher's aloof, and so he's a bit of a kind of brush him off like ladies' man. He's like, too cool. He's too yeah, cool. He's Please. too cool for it. Okay. Like there there is a romantic interest in the first season of the show. I haven't seen the second one yet, so I don't know. But um but it's definitely done like with a at an arm's reach type thing, like where it's like, no, nah, he's he's too too lone wolf, you know. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't you can't cage Reacher. He's a bird, yeah. man. Right. And <laughs> yes, you are talking That's about Reacher. Fourteen year old boy gold right there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so let's talk that, more about Fortnite. <laughs> well, I was just going to say to to transition. What what were your favorite uh, movies as a, as a teenager? Maybe that you've grown out of or you think that might have been influenced by your age at the time debbie does dallas originally felt like an epic and now for sure (laughs) was the first movie my parents took me to in the in the adult movie theaters and uh every one of them i 
every one of them I try to watch, like I get fucking 20, 30 minutes in and I'm like, oh no, racism, I forgot. Oh no, massive misogyny, I forgot. Crocodile Dundee. This guy's in things I can't say anyone. My my childhood is built on a misogynist, racist pile of lies. Yeah, yeah, I know it's brutal. I mean, even Dragnet. When I watched Dragnet at my oh, parents' yeah. house the other night, Tom right? Hanks. Like... Uh, Tom Hanks does not look good. He does not age well in Dragnet. He is like uh, kind of a ladies' man douchebag kind of yeah. character, <laughs> and has a lot of like just misogynist, kind of sexist, <laughs> shitty jokes, and like, uh, yeah, like it's 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 not so, the greatest movie, of course. What, what, uh, what was your what was your question again specifically? Oh, just well, movies I watched that you've grown out of, maybe, oh, or, that, or out more influenced of. by the age you uh, were. When Van Damme movies? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... They were, like, the best thing in the world when I was young, and now Blood I'm like, Sport eh. never gets old, right? Yeah, that's true. Classic, I, still, so. I still go back and watch Bloodsport. I know, I was just thinking, and, I, could watch, sometimes. I could watch Bloodsport, and I could probably watch Cyborg. Did you know that Mortal Kombat, the video game, was originally supposed to be the Van Damme video game? They they planned on yeah the the creator was like yeah because they just added Van Damme as a character in the new one and he's like I've been technically waiting to do this for twenty years because the original pitch for the game was Van Damme the game and that's awesome they, and he wouldn't give permission back then because they hadn't made any games before that so they just turned it into Mortal Kombat and that's that's what uh, so Johnny Cage became well, Johnny yeah, Cage right the right. rip off the rip off discount exactly Van Damme. Johnny Cage. Uh, let's see, mov- movies I grew out of. Um, let's see. And now Mortal Kombat's bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? That's rough. Oh, you know, I tried to watch Groundhog Day, and uh, oh, oh, really? I, I showed that to Michelle that recently, and she loved that. it. It's one of the most brilliant scripts of all time. It is. Yeah. You're, and you're I... wrong, Stephen. Yeah. If you grew out of that, you grew. You grew. You grew wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Just. I don't know. Some of it just was tinny. I, I knew what to great, expect but... for some reason. I wasn't surprised by any of the plot twists. I've seen it 20 times. But... <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I gotta say, I, I, I totally, that's your, uh, that, that's your prerogative, Steven. But, but like, I, I did. Yeah, but you're wrong. Okay. And, um, no, <laughs> I, I watched, I, I rewatched that. I, first off, I love that movie and I've rewatched it many a time, but my wife had never seen it. And so I showed it to her like a year or two ago. Uh, in fact, I think it was like a double header of that and Scrooge. It was like, mm-hmm. you need your Bill Murray education. Oh, nice. Scrooge. Very Scrooge nice. is so amazing. So imagine yeah. I just shit on Scrooge for you. That's how I feel. Oh, okay. <laughs> understood. Understood. It's more, yeah. of a new, it's more of a New Year's yeah. movie at best. I, I damn tried, it. When I, I started see, dating. Now I like... see how it feels <laughs> to be fucked by a man in the ass. <laughs> John, speaking of John Goodman, do you yeah. know how it feels, Larry? <laughs> Come on. Um, so I did this Max thing. yelled that at the top of his lungs at Aleworks one night, and uh, hmm. right across from uh, a young couple and their like junior high age kids. <laughs> and everybody and, uh, was like, "Yeah, Lebowski." Everyone, everyone had, did that, and then the woman leaned over and said, "Could you guys not do that? <laughs> Could like, you stop being yourselves?" Yeah, and I, it, I, it was a very poignant moment of like, "Gosh, I'm an alcoholic," <laughs> and that's why I stopped drinking. Um, yeah. So uh, I, did the I, same thing. I, did. I did the same thing as you, Adam, where I showed it to my girlfriend a couple of years ago. But for years, I've been trying to pitch it to her, 
I was like, yeah. it's a great movie. It's a great script. Like it's, it's, it's cited as being one of like the perfect scripts in a lot of script writing books I've read. And uh, she was like, oh, that, I don't know. And it turns out she thought I was trying to push Caddyshack on her. Because <laughs> Groundhog Day oh, sounds yeah. like it's the Groundhog Bill Murray movie. and the Groundhog. Right. And the, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. and Bill Murray. And so like, I was like, finally, like after three years of going like, okay, you don't one day, you know? And I didn't know that she was thinking it was Caddyshack until I put it on. And she was like, oh, this isn't the movie I thought it was. I was like, well, what movie are you thinking? <laughs> it's just Caddyshack. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I wouldn't show you that. <laughs> yes. No, no, that's not particularly good. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was gonna say another one. I think I grew out of, um, which is like sad to me that I grew out of, is um, well, a lot of Jim Carrey stuff, like Ace Ventura. Yeah. I loved Ace mm-hmm. Ventura. I totally the like ending, <laughs> that ending is very non-PC nowadays. Yeah. The crime uh, is uh, in the shower. Like, well, not, not, because, not because of the political correctness, just right. like that humor is very... It spoke to me a lot when I was 14. It doesn't speak to me as much. Since then. Like, no, at, at 40 or whatever. But yeah. Now, Ace Ventura 2, that's a different story. Oh, yeah. When, that's still, when that's, calls that's still Emmy still... Award winning. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. One of his best roles. Uh, um, liar Liar still holds up. I think that's one of his best. Honestly, that, that one holds up a little better because it's a little more grounded. Like it's a little more real. Like yeah, and it, it just stays it in that exist, one yeah. lane. That's what I like. Uh, it could be like a, a play, you know. Like uh, it, it, you hear that Hollywood? Stay in your lane. Stephen's <laughs> watching you. That's right. More that's liar right. liar sequels and stay in your lane. Yeah, uh, I was such a diehard Jim Hitchcock. Such a diehard Jim Carrey fan when I was a kid that whenever he was sharing the screen with someone else too much, like when he wasn't the the sole focus of the movie, like Dumb and Dumber, right? I went and saw it, and the whole time I was just fuming that he was having to share screen time with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I was like, I want more Jim Carrey. Why is he not saying every line in the movie? And then as I <laughs> grew, I was like, oh, that I like. I still think that movie is pretty brilliant. I haven't watched it in a while, but it, it's still one of my favorite dumb it's like a perfect dumb comedy i i feel like a lot of those jokes land and just get funnier with time but i haven't seen it in a while either so uh, but here's, yeah. a qu- here's a question for you in reverse are there any movies that you watched when you were young that you were too young for and you're like oh i didn't like this and then later as an adult you were like oh it's fucking good uh the one that comes to mind for me is uh meet joe black Mm, you didn't like I, that when you first saw it? When I first saw it, I was pretty young. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was three hours long, too. Yeah, it's three hours long. It's Anthony Hopkins being dramatic. Like, I was just like, uh, you know, it's kind of it's tuned out. It's a love out. story. Yeah, it's yeah, I tuned out. has the best amount of line. Line. <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, line. <laughs> well, I, I went back and I, I just, on a whim, watched it a couple years ago, and I was like, wow, this is fucking great. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt that, does, maybe. like, Jamaican speak, and you just turn it uh. off. <laughs> Score be honorary. Oh, oh, sister. Yeah, okay, no. Does he really? Well, in context, it makes sense because he's supposed to be like a supernatural, like, version of the death of the devil or something. And sure. Yeah. um, And so he he, he has to, he, he, you know, it it works, it works in canon of the show because he has to communicate with everyone in ways that, in the ways that they would relate to, you know, like, Right, um, right. But but yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a choice they wouldn't make today. I don't think. <laughs> when I was a kid, one of the only VHS tapes we had laying around to watch over and over again for me was Being There with Peter Sellers. So mm-hmm. I watched Being There as a three, four, five, six, seven year old, like on multiple 
uh, watches. Has anybody seen being there before? Uh, no. Sorry, who, who's in that again? Peter Sellers. Just anyone else, or? Uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine and uh, the da- the dude who plays the dad in the Problem Child movies. John Ritter. John Ritter. You no, know, John Ritter's dad in those movies. Oh. He had like an older guy. You'd recognize him from a million things in the eighties, but anyway, sure. Uh, regardless, the premise is basically Forrest Gump, like pre Forrest Gump. It's he was raised. Uh, he he was a gardener for a, a, a wealthy man. The wealthy man dies, and this bo- this guy has just grown up as a gardener as a child, being raised by the maid of this rich man all his life, like into his forties. And then suddenly the rich man dies, and he has nowhere to live. So he's like out on the street with absolutely never having even been out of the house, really. And all he knows is from television. So he's like obsessed with TV. It's based on a book, but it's a great movie. And it's like, if you've seen Forrest Gump, it's got a similar kind of like, he stumbles into these rich people's situations or political situations. And like, he's saying things that only apply to like what he knows about gardening and people are taking it as like a metaphor and going, wow, that's beautiful. I've never heard it said that way. You're absolutely right. You know? And like, they think he's a genius, but he's really like, he's is, just is, not is, there. Does that fall under the category of movies that you didn't like that much when you were young and that it you was grew one to? That I, or? I, I, well, that's all I could think of because it was a movie that I didn't even understand fully until I was an adult, but I liked as a kid and I related to because I liked TV and this guy didn't know much about the world and was going out into it. So I kind of watched that movie over and over as like, I can relate to this character, even though a lot of the situations are adult. They're talking about politics sometimes, but just his, if you're a kid and you're relating to this guy, who's pretty much like a big kid who doesn't understand things, you're like, Oh, well he doesn't understand what they're talking about either, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like that's fine. I, I relate to the character even more <laughs> because I don't know all this adult stuff going on around him. He gets seduced and he just doesn't know what's going on. She's like laying across him on the bed and he's just watching TV. He's like, I like to watch. And she's like, oh, you like to watch. And he's talking about (laughs) TV. But then she like lays on the ground and masturbates on the floor next to him. He's he's like, could you keep it down? (laughs) He's just sort of like focusing on the TV. And she's like, has the best orgasm of her life. (laughs) Well, oh, I've never done that before. <laughs> done what <That's> nice. anyway <laughs> uh, we're coming up on an hour so we can actually get wrapped up soon but uh yeah it's it's been a a, a meandering directionless uh episode about talking about movies and stuff you know, what? Always. You know what it's 53 minutes in and it felt like five so i'm breezy yeah. right not, yeah. not, to, not to not to the audience but to us maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean to the poor assholes listening to this <laughs> who knew <laughs> who knew we were a bunch of hollywood gossipy bitches that's, <laughs> that's yeah that we are a bunch of catty hoes armchair opinions that's what oh. we have one thing I must say, uh, I know earlier we had said that uh, 2005 and on. This isn't, this isn't on, about eugenics, right? Sorry. Anyway. Remember, um, two th- remember 2005 and on? That yeah, argument? I know. It's all a blur. Yeah. So the only thing I say is maybe we might suffer from just having a male perspective in that. And there might, if, if we reached out to a, a woman, uh, that they would maybe be able to <laughs> indicate things. If anyone knows any woman, if, if there are womans in the audience, please <laughs> feel free to comment and uh, yeah. t- give us your opinion. We, we value we would, your opinion. We would love to, love to have you come in here and estrogen it up. 
if there yeah. were more room on the screen, we would have a woman, but we'll have to get rid of one or two of us and uh, replace I, us with I, a woman. We'll, 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 we'll avert our eyes or whatever it is. I can't help but think that somebody with a little more, like, you know, fashion sense and, than us and stuff like <laughs> so, that. Someone maybe besides be middle-aged to, white men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would maybe be a little more in tune oh, with yeah. the changing times and our team is the same as our demographic Stephen, which is 40 somethings <laughs> wearing glasses with white privilege <laughs> who don't watch podcasts that's right who don't who don't listen or watch any other podcast so we have no context if we're doing yeah. this horribly right or horribly wrong <laughs> that, that reminds me are you wearing glasses now Coulter? do you wear glasses yeah <laughs> let us know yeah because yeah. if, you, if you're not so, uh, what you're are you off. even doing here yeah. you're not yeah. our demographic um yeah shout out to Coulter, uh our, our number number one through three fan he's our um, number one fan yeah and uh my, Alrighty, new, well, my new pickup line at bars is going to be play dumb jot woman. <laughs> <laughs> I got the reference. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Bring, bringing Star Trek Next Generation play into the table. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have been the podcast wreckers and we're here to wreck your podcast. Uh, remember that you can find us online at podcastwreckers.com or your podcast platform of choice or under Matlock's hair. He's been growing it out, but under there is the podcast right. records HQ. Right. And you can get it. You can get it if you reach mm, out. Here we are. There's yep. Steven mm. and Joe and Adam's back here. And, and this, uh, this is a, a zit, so that's yeah, not me. Just don't look at that. Yeah, shout out to uh, our host today, Stephen, Stephen Thomas, Joe Kroll, Matlock Sumstig. I've been Adam Aragon. Fuck you. Good night. All right. Wow. Good night. That's rude. <laughs>